0: Welcome to week two of this little It's So series. that includes the answers to the ultimate question. Well, maybe not the ultimate question, but a question that I asked my previous guests, and usually at the end of the episodes, actually always at the end of the episodes, what they would tell an alien who oftentimes looked like Benedict Cumberbatch if they were asked what life looked like on the planet. What does it mean to be a human? I hope you enjoy it. And I'll have more next week and the week after. Cheers. Oh, by the way, this is Ida Vazen and Catherine Bennett in this episode. One last final question. This is one where I'm going to set the scene a little bit for you. And so I want you to imagine that one day you're walking through. Let's say that you're in London, actually, and you've begun your travels. And you're going to have to bear in mind this is going to get a little bit sci-fi-y, but that's, that's all right. You're walking through a lush green park. It's, let's say it's Hyde Park. You're walking through, and all of a sudden, the spacecraft comes down. Because obviously, spacecrafts always come down in the middle of Hyde Park. Yeah, you know, yeah. Al steps an alien. It looks... A lot like that actor Benedict Cumberbatch, and even speaks like Benedict Cumberbatch for whatever reason we don't know why he does. But he's like, I only have ten minutes here, and I'm not going to even try to emulate Benedict Cumberbatch. But I only have ten minutes here. But I really, I'm part of, a, I'm, I'm on a mission to find out what life here on Earth means and how you, you've been selected. You're the only person this this alien's going to interview about how you see and perceive life on this planet. What would you tell this alien?
1: Oh, wow. Great question. What would I tell this alien? I, I would know. I would know what to say. Um, this is a very beautiful place. It's majestic. It's quite majestic. The The world has so many vibrant colors and experiences to offer. And along with everything else that exists, there's a duality to our nature. So with the beauty, there's an ugly side to humanity as well. And I find that it's very beautiful that we can still maintain our beauty within the ugly. And there's a lot of variation to experience from speaking humans, to barking dogs, to insects that coordinate on a level we don't even understand, you know? So enjoy that, enjoy the variation and how different expressions of life can exist the one-armed crab. <laughs> it's a little worm that wiggles, you know? And welcome to our world. It's so cool. Not a bad place to be.
0: That's so cool. All right. I think that, I think he would have a pretty good impression then. So, cool. Thank you. I love that. That's a really cool explanation. Thank so, you. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, episode of In the Shoes Of. Thank you.
1: Thank cool. you very much.
0: I just have one last question for you and really it's just kind of to surmise Kind of everything that we've talked about so far. So if you feel that you need to repeat yourself a little bit, that's totally fine. But it's kind of an end-all question uh, that I like to ask. But first, I have to ask you to imagine something. Imagine that one day you're walking through a lush green park. Let's say it's Hyde Park in in London. It's a beautiful spring day. You know, just kind of perfect weather. When suddenly a spacecraft appears. Yes, you get to meet an alien. And And out steps an alien. He looks... Just like that British actor, Benedict Cumberbatch, and speaks like him, too. I don't know how he got that British accent. Probably just watched a lot of TV on his way over. But after exchanging pleasantries, the alien asks that you give him the most accurate description of how you see and understand life on this planet.
2: And how much time do I have to show him? You have...
0: I know, because it's kind of a loaded question, right? He's uh, probably it,
2: a busy he's alien. A, I he's imagine. a very busy he's alien. Everyone. Yeah, he,
0: his goal, he, he's a little bit overly optimistic and he wants to get through a billion people at least. So, And you're, you just happen to be the first one, but he's he's, he's giving you about five minutes to answer it.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: But you can totally go, well, park, you can totally go a little, uh, you know, if you need to go five, 10, 20, even, that's totally fine.
2: Wow, I love this question. It's so interesting. I love these kind of imaginations because yeah, how you present it to an alien is very very beautiful. Alien who took the form of a funny British man. <laughs> I like it. It's cool that we're in Hyde Park because then we can walk around and it's a bit more connected with nature. So for me, this is really good symbolism of how I perceive life to be. And I I, I feel like if he's a very evolved being, he would be very patient and very he would listen is my imagination because if he really wants to know then he would listen to the answer and I think I would show him a lot of things without using words because language I know because I like to study language a lot can be lost in translation with words because with words there's an associated meaning and so we paint a picture in our mind when we could just look at the thing and see it as it is however we perceive it without associating some meaning towards it so I would probably walk around the park with him and show him Some different aspects of life, different things living, not just from the human perspective of life, but from an insect's perspective of life or maybe a plant's perspective of life. I would probably walk him to some water and we would sit for a moment and look at the pond, look at the fish in the pond all the insects flying above the plants growing in the sunlight hopefully you know if it's a sunny day in london that would more likely it's raining but if it was a sunny day i would hope for the sun <laughs> cuz you can see a lot when the sun is opening the flowers and opening the plants and you can see them absorbing all this light and how sunlight brings life into the world and how we need it and i might like sit with him and maybe show him when the water is still and then throw a rock into the pond And we would watch as the ripples form on the surface and flow out from where the rock hits the water. And watch as the rock goes down into the water and all the fish swim away. And then when the rock hits the bottom of the pond, how it stirs up all the mud at the bottom. And then where it was once a clear pond where you could see everything, suddenly it's quite murky. And all you see is brown, you know, silt and dirt floating around. Until everything slowly calms down again, all the dirt settles back down to the bottom. And again, it's clear. And again, the fish relax and start swimming around and going back to doing exactly what they were doing, forgetting that they had fear of something in the first place. And for me, this would be a very beautiful symbol of how something can be perceived from so many different points of view and how clarity can allow you to see more. And yet how when you throw a rock into something and it clouds everything, it can create a lot of confusion for everyone you know we can't see the bottom the fish can't see what's going on they're afraid they're swimming around like crazy maybe even the insects fly away and then all the calm resettles and the clarity comes back and then everything goes back to normal so this period of like chaos and then clarity this period of fear and then relaxation of calm and tranquility and I think this would be a really nice way to start and then kind of from there continuing walking around the park and if we want to have conversations about it or if I would assume this alien if it has a spacecraft is quite evolved I would hope not just technologically but also an evolution of consciousness and I would hope that he would see the symbolism that I was trying to point out and so I would probably show him flowers and I would show him something dead as well you know if like some insect has been stepped on like someone stepped on a snail on the path we would see a live snail and we would watch it like nibbling on something or creating a slime trail on something and then we would look at the dead one for a while and just stare at it you know this crushed shell with this soft squishy body of something and see the flies land on it and the ants start slowly nibbling pieces of it and see that death is also a part of life and that death is not the end because everything else feeds off of this and this decomposes and becomes organic matter again And to see that that death is also a cycle of life and part of life. And to perceive it in silence for me is very powerful because then it's not putting any associated meanings. Like, isn't it sad that someone stepped on the snail? Isn't it sad that the ants are eating it, you know? Or how wonderful it is that the flies now have something which will rot that they can lay their eggs in and then the maggots crawl out, you know, <laughs> good for the flies, like to not put good and bad on it, but just see it as it is. And then whatever the alien perceives from his own point of view, I, I would hope is something, something profound for him. You know, and so to just walk around the park and have these moments where we, we look at flowers and maybe we pick a flower, we watch them all fresh and alive and maybe pick one. And as we're walking around the park, notice how that flower that we picked slowly starts to wilt. And so the thing that was once beautiful in its, in its life, in its vibrancy, and how maybe we wanted to keep that, that moment or that something we like, how we had this attachment to it, like, okay, I take it with me because it's such a beautiful flower how slowly that flower changes and in in one way it could even like lose its beauty because it's starting to like wilt and die and then eventually that flower which is wilted and not beautiful anymore gets tossed aside and then again becomes organic matter that decomposes into the soil so i think this cycle and this bigger picture would be a really beautiful picture that i would like to paint for this alien to see the interconnectedness of everything and to see how there's a whole system it's not just The human's point of view, but it's that everything works together in this cycle, in this system, which is very complex and very intricate and beyond my understanding, beyond my ability to explain to him the intricacy. And I would assume that his perception is different than mine, and I would hope that he's more advanced and more evolved and that he can see more things than I could explain to him.
0: That is marvelous. Seriously. I've never had anyone take the alien on a walk through the park. Uh, so this is a first and I really have nothing to add to it. And I'm so glad you've taken time out for the interview and to answer that question in such a beautiful way. As discussed earlier, there really is no way for us to get the whole picture or the complete perspective from someone else. And I don't even think a decade is enough time, let alone an hour like right now. Is there anything else you want to share with those listening that would give us an even better understanding of the way in which you perceive life?
2: Yeah, I mean, there is something else I would like to say. and. I don't know how many listeners you have or how many people are connected with this podcast because I also don't really know 100% how to listen to the other interviews, but I think that I would imagine this kind of project and your vision might attract a specific type of person who is willing to listen to a long recording of someone else talking about themselves. <laughs> so, I would assume that your audience is people who are very curious to understand how other people perceive the world and are hopefully good listeners because otherwise they wouldn't make the time for something like this. And I think this specific type of people who are open and are curious and are looking to perceive the world from someone else's point of view, or at least imagine to, that this type of person is probably looking for a better understanding of the whole picture themselves. And I think for this type of person, I would Really like to say to them to like keep taking pieces of the puzzle wherever they can get it in order to put the puzzle pieces together and get the bigger picture and to keep going, you know, like not be disappointed with something. Don't lose their curiosity for life and for understanding because I also have this. And, you know, when I lost it and when I felt like society was telling me that I need to put myself in a box and you know, set aside my dreams or set aside my curiosity that there wasn't a place for it in the world. I lost my connection in that moment. And if your audience relates to that, then I would really encourage them to like find their place in the world, paint the picture of the world in their own unique way, and then be who they want to be in the world. Because I think too many times we're told we should do this and shouldn't do this. And it limits us. It limits us from really being who we can be. So I have this free education, kind of, it's like the post nine eleven GI Bill, so military members get like free education benefits for a while. And so it's paying for my master's degree program that I was in the military. And you know, I'm in the same situation that I was when I was 19 years old or 18 years old, in which my education is paid for. But now I feel like I'm living life on my own terms, and I decide what I want to study. I'm not letting society tell me what I should do in order to make money because money will make me happy, or that I should offer something beneficial to society, and that art was somehow not perceived as something honorable to offer society.
0: Yikes, I don't know about you, but this is really hitting home for me.
2: And it's funny because I realized, looking at all these schools and all these degree programs, I realized that it doesn't really matter what I study. Because if I'm interested in it, if I'm passionate about it, if I think it will bring benefit to myself and to the world that I know more about that thing, that I can share that with other people and to inform myself, then that's all that matters. So I would say go for your passions, you know, keep cultivating that curiosity, that sense of wonder, that sense of awe about life. And don't ever let someone put out that fire in you. And I don't know, whatever it takes to get there, whatever it takes to feed that fire that curiosity, that desire to move forward, to evolve, to know more and to understand more, to connect more deeply, to be more authentic. I would say just do it, you know, keep going. And whatever technique, even if in the West we have these kind of new post-New Age watered-down versions of ancient things, you can follow the breadcrumbs, you know, you can take some simple techniques, see if it works for you, see if it resonates with you, see if you feel good, see if it helps you, like, let go of the sense of limitation, let go of the stories you tell yourself about well one yourself <laughs> it's really good to keep you know evolving ourselves and not hold ourselves back with who we were or who we think we are or should be but to continue like allowing ourselves to become who we would like to be and take steps towards not becoming but like almost unveiling our true nature like removing those veils of the things that we're not in order to see who we truly are and really like let that light of our consciousness shine through us And for me, this has been the most powerful thing for me is that people along the way told me, you know what, don't surrender, like don't give up, don't ever stop trying to reach the goal that you have for yourself. And when you get that goal, like maybe you have like a certain salary you want to have, or you want a certain car, even if it's a materialistic goal, when you get it, If it's not satisfying, you're going to learn so much about yourself. And when you do get your goal, it is satisfying. You will also learn so much about yourself. So I would say keep discovering yourself. Keep exploring who you are and what is real and what is the truth. And be open to learning new things. This beginner's mind that they talk about in Zen Buddhism is so powerful for me. Because as soon as we think we have the world figured out and that we're right, then it's tricky because we start to believe other people are wrong. And I would say the number one thing I've noticed between people, why they have conflicts, why they can't connect, why they disagree is because one person values their life experiences, everything they've learned, all the growth that they have and all the opinions they have, all the beliefs they have, they believe to be right. And when they see that someone else doesn't value the same things that they value, they think the other person should. And then they think that person's wrong. (laughs) And this doesn't help the connection and it it actually closes us off and limits us more. So I think any practice you can do to cultivate that open mind that you can learn from everyone, everyone can be your teacher, even if you don't agree with them, even if their life experience is totally different than yours, maybe you had the same experience and you got two different lessons out of it, still be open to the fact that you can move so much faster in your evolution if you learn from other people. Because otherwise, if you have to experience everything firsthand in order to learn from it, it's going to be a very slow process, (laughs) unless you have a lot of crazy experiences in your life. It can be very slow. But if you take every person as a teacher and learn from every one of their experiences by truly listening to them, like this podcast, like listening to someone's point of view, you can take all the lessons that they learned in their life and apply them to your own life. And you can grow so much faster if you're even just open to, like, not judge and to not see the other person as wrong and yourself as right. And for me, this perspective shifted everything. And I would really recommend people try it because it takes huge steps. I don't know. I, I just appreciate people more. And I don't judge them so much. And I don't I'm, I don't judge myself so much. I just see that I'm just another person. And that is actually very humbling. And it really helps with this, this ego struggle, you know, where we... Prop up our sense of self and we project wh- how we want people to perceive us. This illusion of like who we want people to see. Uh, I don't know. Letting that go has really helped me. And I think all the spiritual disciplines are saying to be humble is and to have a beginner's mind are the one of the most important things to get you there all the way there. Because you can't go there with the sense of self that you're carrying around like this big burden, you know, and to really see that everyone's interesting and everyone has a story to tell. And that you can learn from that story. And if you really listen to it and don't judge them, it has been very profound in my life. And I, I hope to continue to grow more and learn more from other people.
0: Hey, thank you so much for checking out this episode of In the Shoes Of. If you like or don't like the podcast, feel free to leave a review or reach out to me. My email is jnickel42 at gmail.com. Can't promise you I'll get back to you right away, but I'll definitely try and get to it. Anyway, thank you so much for checking it out. Until the next time, see you later.